Good evening, boys and girls. Good afternoon. Good morning, no matter where in the world you might be. It's another live edition of the Highbury Squad. We're going a little earlier today. And that's what you do when you have TV royalty in the house. Here we go. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Good evening, boys and girls. For those of you listening on replay, and many of you will, because you might still be at work or dilly-dallying, doing something, watching football, um, welcome to the show also. I am always super happy when this wonderful human being is in the house. Not only is she broadcasting royalty, she's also an epic human being. Welcome back to the Highbury Squad, Rebecca Lowe. Oh, so that is so lovely. You're so sweet. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. It's been a long time. It, life is crazy. And I hate that we can't do things more often. So it's so lovely to finally be chatting. Now, it would be remiss of me. Uh, we salute the squaddies. Our listeners are called squaddies. So Kev usually does it. So in absence of Super Kev, who you'll be hearing from in just a little bit, um, welcome squaddies to the house, the usual suspects. Be on your best behavior this evening. I know you will be. Um, so basically, the reason why Super Kev isn't here, and you know me, I'm always honest, I buggered up the times because <laughs> the clocks went forward in the US, but they haven't gone forward in England. Rebecca, it's happening earlier and earlier. So, no, no, Sophie, we, we just need to stop the changing of the clocks full stop. Like, it needs <laughs> to stop. It doesn't happen in Arizona, and it doesn't happen in Hawaii. Why does it need to happen in anywhere? Like, anywhere, just, just the whole world can shift half an hour Right, one way or the other. Don't ask me. I don't understand the maths. And then that's it. Then forever, and everything will be fine. And none exactly. Of this stupidness. Exactly. And you, I mean, superstar TV host of the NBC, the voice of NBC here. You, you and Arlo, of course. You're the face of it. Arlo's the voice of it. And you've been out in the rain in Northern California, and here you are, drenched, superstar Rebecca. No change. Yeah, no, you know, I love it. By, Not on by, the makeup or hair going on. by the way, be prepared. I don't know if you've seen Dicko's Instagram this morning, but he's out oh. playing golf with Seaman. Okay, the two of them having a bit of a jolly, and he's only gone and got a hole in one for the first time oh. ever. You know what? So we were on we were on a conference call this morning, NBC conference call. The whole team was there: Graham Lasso, Tim Howard, Danny Higginbotham, Robbie Muster, Robbie Earp. There was Noli Dixon. Now I know where he was. I'm going to absolutely hammer him. I'm going to abuse him for the rest of the day. And you absolutely. <laughs> you oh, absolutely yeah. have to. And the joy of it. So you know what he did too. He um he he said this is genuine. Everyone, this is genuine. Like this is happening right now. And Seaman like was backing him up because he hit the ball and they couldn't see it. So he he was videoing it up up until we went to the green. And then oh, of course brilliant. he realized he got the hole in one and went a little bit nuts. And then oh! they, they bragged about having champagne and mimosas, I think it was afterwards, so. Oh, to be fair, <laughs> that is a good feeling. Well done, Dicko. Yeah, well it. done, Dicko. Speaking of a lovely feeling, now we met at, for the, to, so for those of you who don't know, Rebecca and I have been talking football since about 2010. And we <laughs> met for the very first time face-to-face, -face, as I told everyone. Um, 
at the NBC Fan Fest in Los Angeles at the Coliseum, which was amazing. Um, which is why, you guys, you can thank Rebecca now. I know you have done. I got to meet this legend at oh. the event. And he came on the show, Bex, and he was unbelievable. Oh, he did? Yeah, he did. Oh. I mean, it was just, it was, it was one of those moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thanks to you. Mm -hmm. Oh. And I know how much you love the American audience. Um, we have a phenomenal group, the Arsenal America group. You've been on talking to all of them before, Jess and Tiff and Mike. And yeah. All those guys. And you and Hubs just became American citizens. Yeah. Ta-da! How's, how's, how's that feel? It's massive. So it's massive. Like, uh, it's been a long time coming because the COVID delayed everything. So when you come to America, as you well know, it's not easy to come to America uh, if you're not American. Um, and so you're on a visa, then you get a green card and getting a green card is like a big deal. And then you're like, okay, you have to be on the green card for five years before you can apply for citizenship. So we did that and then COVID hit. So the whole thing stops and it's like two years instead of one year and oh, and eventually we got this letter through saying, this is the day of your interview. And it kind of it hit home like, oh, oh, this this is happening. Like this is actually happening. And when we went, we were terrified. We had, um, <laughs> we had 100 questions that we had to learn and then they asked you 10 of them and then they asked you all the other things as well. Luckily we passed and I, I this is my envelope that they nice. gave me. In, in here is my um, certificate and now I'm applying for my passport. And it was, it's a huge deal. Like my child was born in this country. So Teddy is American and yep. we wanted to be committed to this country. This is where we love. This is where we see our future. I mean, never say never, but this is where we, where we want to be. Um, and we want to vote. I want to be a part of the community. I want to sit on a jury. I don't know if they're going to let me sit on a jury actually, oh, but I want to do great. all those things. Yeah. Oh, I'd be like, chat, chat, chat. I'd be like, mm, <laughs> sure, let's discuss this. Um, so I, I, it meant a lot. It was very emotional. I get chills even talking about it now. Um, we love this country. There's no country in the world is perfect. I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. Um, but there is so much about this country to absolutely love. And a lot of it gets a hard deal and it annoys me a lot because I love it. I absolutely love it. So now I'm an American. I love it. I'm so aligned with you. Um, Stephen Feely right here, he's a he's a Brit. He actually used to work for Arsenal and he's in New Orleans now. And uh, he's like, I'm next soon. And yes. so am I. I'm, I'm close. It's getting there and it's happening. And um, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, sometimes America gets a bad rap, but I love the quality of life here, the people here, the lifestyle here. And to be honest, like seeing you, you know, when we started talking football, you were on the sidelines. You were there the day that Martin Keown got kicked, you know, kicked in the head. or The ball hit him on the head. I mean, oh you've been God. on the sidelines soggy Saturday afternoons, you know, all sorts of stadiums. And here you are now as the face of NBC. But then, like seeing you present the Olympics as well. I mean, you know, with Mike Tirico and that journey. I, I'm so like, as a Brit and as a woman, especially, I'm so proud of you and your achievements. And it just feels oh. right that this is the next path for you and, and Paul and, and the family and stuff like that. Because Thank that you. seeing you like champion all these athletes and genuinely have a passion for their story. You mm. know, sometimes you, you understand, you see broadcasters and you know, they're just getting through the segment, but you're so ingrained in their journey and their story and the way you tell stories, Rebecca. And I'm, I'm, I think it's just 
so deserved. It's just brilliant. Thank you, Soph. I, I appreciate that so, so, so much. And I think with the Olympics, um, you know, it's all about, I mean, that's my job. My job is to tell their story if they can't tell it themselves or to help them tell it and to tell you guys at home about these incredible people. And the Olympics is this amazing, intense bubble which you enter into for 17 days. And really, I'm not joking, you you basically don't talk about anything else in your life. Like I don't really connect with anything else in my life other than my kid and my husband for that 17 days. I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. to even watch the Premier League while I was doing the Olympics. I, I was just so engrossed. And you know, you do your preparation and one of my big, big, big thing, I mean, I always way over prepare because I feel like I'd much rather be out there live on air with a ton of information that I never need than be out there live on air and suddenly need something. So I know kind of everything there is to know about these athletes before they come on air because that's the right thing to do. And then I think naturally, I'm then super interested in them. And because, by the way, good luck finding an athlete without a story. There is that, they just don't exist, right? So every single day you're gonna interview this person today. And I'm like, okay, maybe they don't have a story. Let's do some Googling. And then I think, oh my God, another amazing comeback story or sad, tragic moment in their life that they've overcome. Or And it's just, it encapsulates everything great about the human spirit. I know that's cheesy and that's the Olympics, but I'm I'm here for it. And, and to be able to be doing it for NBC on that daytime show and bring it to everybody, it's just magic. It's magic. I love it. I love it. Plus the wardrobe was... A1, A1. All right, let's switch to some footy, shall we? And what better way to start now, you know, again, my bad, you guys, that Super Kev isn't here, but in true Super Kev spirit, you know he's always here. So he sent us a video with a few questions that I thought we'd just lob them up because there's a lot that we want to ask Rebecca and he kind of encapsulates a lot of it here. So here we go, Super Kev. Sophie. Rebecca, squaddies, at ease, everybody, at ease, let's go. Sorry I can't be on the show today. Um, Time just didn't work out for me. So I've got a few questions for you, Rebecca, and and Sophie and the squaddies to discuss. So, Rebecca, what's your thoughts on Crystal Palace, especially after that result last night? What's your thoughts on Arsenal under Mikel Arteta right now? What's your thoughts on Saka, Odegaard, Party? And last but not least, what's your prediction for the Crystal Palace v Arsenal game? And can I drop a bonus in there? This is a Sophie bonus. What's your thoughts on Patrick Vieira, the legend that is? Anyway, look after yourselves. Take good care. Squaddies. Rebecca and the hostess with the mostest, Sophie, look after yourselves, everybody. Take good care. At ease, squaddies. At ease! He always does that at the end just to shock me because I get the videos in the morning. (laughs) He's recording them at night and I get them in the morning. And today he doesn't realise the true hostess with the mostest is in the house and that's that's, that's you. And you know what? He's a cheeky bugger because he's asking about Patrick Vieira, which may be where we can start a little bit because yeah. a, a, I think a, an acquaintance or a good friend, Jim Piddock. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Right. I I made a claim to Jim Piddock that Patrick Vieira uh, would be fired by November. And uh, I have a little bit of egg on my face. 
So that's why I brought it up yesterday. I'm going to confess to everybody on the show that I made this claim that Patrick Vieira, the great invincible Captain Fantastic number two himself, would be fired by November. Rebecca, he's actually, this is one of my humble pies baking in the oven, by the way. <laughs> so so football is littered with baking humble pies. I mean, <laughs> You know, I say all the time, it makes fools out of us all. I mean, there's a brilliant clip that somebody sent me the other day, which I feel kind of bad mentioning this, but um, the two Robbies and Tim were on the show. I think it must have been the first show of the season or the transfer window show or something, because they were all on the show for some reason and me. And I went round and I said, right, is it a good is it, is it a good thing or a bad thing for Palace that they've got Patrick Vieira? And every single one, bad, bad bad that was in like august right so you weren't alone you weren't alone and i'm not going to say that i was on board for a while um i ha- met petra Vieira many many moons ago when he was an arsenal player i've always had a i did an interview with him for football focus how retro is that back in about 2004 for his he had a, a school in africa um it was called Dombars, and he mm-hmm. used to try and help african children play football and so i was did, i did a big interview with him back in the day and i've never forgotten that because it was he was, he was at the peak of his powers and he gave me an hour at the school in North London and we talked about his initiative and I just, his passion and joy and sweetness came across in that interview. So I've, I've loved Patrick from day one, especially as he's like totally not like that on the field when he was a no. coach. It's, yeah. it's a very weird dichotomy <laughs> there going on. Also, as a manager, he's not. He's like super sweet. I know, he's like a teddy bear with a shotgun, right? <laughs> but 100%. It's a very interesting dynamic. So I've always loved him then he comes to america and he's the manager of nycfc and i go to the men and blazers golden blazer big huge night in manhattan and patrick is there in the in the dressing room backstage and we're having a chase so quiet he's so softly spoken and he's doing all right you know but he's not doing brilliantly and to be honest the the, the, the thought of him as a manager back then was like oh like he's just trying to just be a manager and and he's not he's not he's not going to be in it for the long haul he's not going to do it um, he's not going to be successful. He's he's not really started in the place, you know. With M- with MLS, it's not always the path, you know. I mean, maybe Jesse Marsh might prove us wrong, and I really hope he does. Me There's too, not often yeah. a path to Premier League success, right? So it never crossed my mind in a million years that I'd be sitting next to a future Palace manager. Anyway, comes in at Palace, changes things up quite quickly. Automatically, we play nicer football, which I love, having had the years of Roy Hodgson, and of course, that's great. But the results being Palace are like win one, lose two, win, you know, that whole thing. So you're kind of like every week you're like, is it good? Is it not good? I can't really decide. I'm not really sure. It brings a few different players in. And now, I mean, yesterday was fantastic. And and the and hearing Selhurst Park sing his name and they absolutely love him. And I miss that so much, not being there. But he he is proving he has credentials that nobody thought he had as a manager. There's no, you're not alone. I agree. Every, I agree. Three, four, five months ago, Sophie, nobody, everyone thought, oh, probably first manager to be fired, Patrick Vieira at Palace, because he didn't really get hired on the back of a ton of great stuff. So Steve Parrish has pulled out a, a blinder here because he, he obviously met him and heard his philosophy and understood what he wanted to do and decided that he was the right person for the club. That was a massive risk, especially with what happened before Roy Hodgson uh, with Frank DeBoer. So, I take my hat off to him. I said to my dad on the phone this morning, if we can finish 10th, oh my God, if we can be top half, like that would be, what a season that would be. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm all in. 
I'm a big Patrick fan. I love his demeanour. I love the way he is. I love that he seems to love the club. When he got the job, did I think that he thought it was a stepping stone to Arsenal? Yes, because Arteta wasn't doing well. And I thought, oh, he's just coming, using my club to come in and be a stepping stone to Arsenal. <laughs> to be, to be honest, he, he, I know, we're so possessive. <laughs> he, he could still be. He could still be using it as a stepping stone. I'm not naive enough to think he's in love with Palace, but football's so great because don't care. Don't care. He's doing really well. He'll well, you know, okay. the, the, the grand rumour rolling today and yesterday is PSG is sniffing around Mikel Arteta. So be careful, Bex, because, wow. you know, <laughs> the, the logical choice would be for us to go poach Patrick right. from you, which, by right. the way, then I'd have 100, 100 humble pies uh, baking right. in, in the oven. But that second half against Manchester City yesterday was unbelievable. And you guys have helped make the, the race and you will be talking about it with... The two Robbies and Tim, of course, and Danny um, makes it a little bit more exciting. By the way, the biggest question that we always get and got from you for you is who's your favourite Robbie? Robbie. Everyone always loves my guys, my favourite Robbie. I just see them as one human. I love them. I love both of them. Honestly, they are epic. They are, they, are epic. they really are epic. Yeah, they're epic humans. Okay, so how about, let's talk about the Arsenal, shall we? Mikel Arteta, yeah. again. You know, after finishing eighth and eighth and being dumped out of the Europa League semi-final against the guy who he replaced, I was like, let's have his head. You know, this can't be. The Arsenal need better. And then we started off the season, as you guys, you know, went through it as well. Rock bottom, three three games, zero points. It looked like the sky was falling. And once again, fans like me were thinking, is this really the guy for the job? The turnaround has been incredible. What What's your take on what's happening at the Gunners. I remember you and I having a conversation. I'm not quite sure when it, I remember where I was. I was in a supermarket car park and I was, we had a <laughs> chat about this. And no, I'm so glad, my life's so glamorous. We had a conversation about this very thing and both you and I were like, this is not gonna work. This, and you know what it was as well, Soph? And I said this on our conference call with NBC this morning. I kind of, unfortunately for Mikel Arteta, grouped him into the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer situation because he had so many similarities in terms of ex-player, young, um, no previous real history as a manager, a successful manager in Solskjaer's position. And they were both struggling. I said that, you know, the Sol Solskjaer situation is just tin pot, which it totally was. Yeah. And at the time, about a year ago, maybe even less, I said the same thing about Arteta. Like, what's he ever done? What are they doing? This is, <laughs> this is wrong. I didn't like the lack of discipline. I didn't really like his interviews. I'm not a lover of him on camera. I think he's, he needs to, I mean, it's hard to ask someone to change, but I just don't love... I don't know, I just don't love his demeanour. Does he that? come across as a bit arrogant to you? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, I think he's a bit, a little smug, a little arrogant, a little happy with himself. And also he doesn't give you a lot. He gets a bit narky. I bet people that annoy me, whereas like Tuchel, for example, Klopp, as much as Klopp sometimes can lose his rag, I love them because they will answer every question. Tuchel especially will literally answer every question you ask him. And Arteta won't. And there's been a few instances, hasn't there, with that, which Arteta's had to deal with where he was just a bit annoying. Like the Aubameyang thing when he was late for the North London derby and then he was late again and they dropped him and he just would, he like said what happened and then he wouldn't give any context, he wouldn't give any details. You're like, well, don't tell us what you've done if you're not going to explain it. So he needs to work on that side for me of his management because he, he ends up bringing more drama to a situation rather than calming it down. Whereas Tuchel, for example, I mean, by the way, how much of a statesman has he been the last three weeks? He has this ability to... Killer and uh, Guardiola has it as well to kill a story immediately. They have a really clever way with the press. Arteta needs to work on that, and he's young, but he needs to work on that. So that annoys me. However, 
this is a this is a lesson to us all about time and we've seen that and we've talked about it many many times in football this man Mikel Arteta has been given the time not all the tools some tools but he has been given the time and I am a big stickler about that I do you know if a if a a club brings a manager in they've done it for a reason so they have to give them time. There is no point, for example, if, if they decided to sack Frank Lampard next week, which, by the way, wouldn't be unheard of, would it? I mean, crazier things have happened in football. Just look at Watford. Then you then then the then the chairman and the board have to look at themselves. Were they to do that? Because they're the ones that chose Lampard. So with Arteta, I love the fact they've kept with him because they did their due diligence. They chose him. They decided he's the right person to take this club forward for all the reasons that he would have dished out at his interview. And at the moment, and really it now seems to me definite, it's been the right choice. And it, it, and it's surprising to everybody, um, but his process and his project and his philosophy are now coming to the fore. And I'm pleased for him. I'm excited that we have a fresh young manager with a strong philosophy who's doing well. That's just for me, that's fresh and sexy for the league. Um, I love all the young players. I love the mix of the old with the young. I think the Aubameyang thing, as much as I don't think he dealt with it with the press very well, I think he was brilliant. I mean, I know mm -hmm. Piers Morgan, for example, uh, I don't know how people feel about him on you, but he absolutely... He got schooled quite... by Aubameyang yesterday. I don't know. I know, that was great. He was like, Piers, it's fine. Calm down, what are you talking about? Um, but like, I mean, Piers Morgan's hilarious because he's now like backtracking massively. Like, well, I, I, I actually do like Um But I, I think that he got that right. I think you've got to set the example. And I and I love that he did that. Um, and it has definitely allowed the young players to come through. So if I'm an Arsenal fan, the argument is, of course, you've had one game a week and you're not in Europe. and that. But, you know, who, it's the sorry. Like that, I hate that argument because it, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. And everything comes in circles. So um, I love it. I love watching them. I look into that game against Liverpool midweek and I think that a lot of this is more about Arsenal than Liverpool. I want to see how Arsenal... Where are they? I want to see this test about where they are now in the Premier League. Is the, is the table real in terms of where they are? Let's see how they get on. Because when they lost 4-0 to Liverpool, we all thought, oh, oh yeah, no, they're not actually that good. Let's see how they are this week. Yeah. I mean, the League Cup um, semi-finals were indicative of kind of a little bit more tenacity that we have in the team. Yeah. I think we're in a better position now than we were when we played them. However, they did, they did not have Salah and Mane when we played them in those games. And I agree yeah. with you, and I've said this to Kev on the show. I said the proof will be in the May pudding, but also the games coming up. We've got Liverpool, we've got Chelsea, we've got a North London derby, we've got West Ham, we've got Manchester United. If Mikel Arteta can guide this team through those games and get results... Yeah. Then, then we can start talking about yeah. the evolution and, and that. And one of the things I wanted to ask you too is, um, Martin Udegaard's been amazing. Thomas Partey's really emerged. And I know Kev asked you about that, but I'm also a little bit curious to see what you think as, as a Brit, seeing Saka emerge, you know, oh. because Foden and Grealish get all of the plaudits and the yeah. limelight. And Ramsdale kind of being the baller he is and seeing the season Pickford's had with Everton, there's a discussion that we had that Gareth, Prius Palace guy, and I know you know well, is going to stick with his trusted guys. What do you think about Saka? And do you think Rambo 2.0 deserves a shot as England's well, number one? Let's start with Ramsdale, 100%. 100%. Pickford for me is, is yeah. I think he deserves a shot, but unfortunately the two questions are, 
that Gareth Southgate, as you just mentioned there, he does love to stick to his tried and tested. And whatever you say about Pickford, he hasn't let England down, right? Has he been great this season? No. Are Everton terrible? Yes. So should Ramsdale get a chance? Absolutely. But we are dealing with an England manager who I adore, by the way, but who does not change particularly easily. So whilst I think Ramsdale absolutely should, should be the number one for this upcoming international break to see how he gets on, I don't think he will be, which I think is a great shame. I think mm -hmm. Gareth, for all of his positives, he, he's too slow to make changes, um, both in a game, by the way, um, and also with the squad. Um, Saka. Saka, 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 Saka. Saka is from where I'm from. And so I have this, like, I feel like I'm maybe like a mother figure. I feel like he... Then I you're going to love this pick. No! Oh, no! That is too much. Oh, my God. Which is Peter? I just don't know. I just don't know the answer. There's one of I him mean, and Wrighty that I don't have, because I know you love Wrighty, and, uh, of no. course, for so many reasons. And this, Bex, look. The, oh from Halen to like superstar it's... and you know it, it, we uh, so I come from Ealing in West London and he comes from kind of very similar in that in that area and there's a park in Pittshanger in Pittshanger which has a um, like a museum in it and they did like a, a Saka display after the after the Euros um, and I just felt so much pride and he you're right though like he doesn't do you think it's because he's not got that extrovert personality that Grealish has got. Foden hasn't got an extroverted personality, but the thing with Foden is that he's been labeled the greatest thing that Pep Guardiola has ever seen. So he's kind of on this level. Bukayo Saka goes about his business at such a consistent high level and makes no, I mean, the guy doesn't, I mean, I've never heard him, I hardly hear him speak. And when he does speak, oh my God, he is just a wonder. I, I, he is one of the first names on the England team sheet for me. He's having the season of his life. I adore him. I absolutely bloody adore him. Yeah. You know what it is too, Rebecca? I think, you know, Grealish and Foden have, and I say this with respect, they've got that young wide boy edge to them, right? They've been yeah. a bit in a bit of trouble off the field. That's what and, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's what you were getting at. Yes. And, you know, Saka, Kevin and I talked about this too. He's got, you know, faith is a very huge part of his life yeah. and it's yeah. integral to, to who he is. And I said on another show, I said, I'd rather have Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe than Grealish and Foden because of those reasons. Now, I'm not saying they're more talented, but maybe longevity-wise, you'll get better of them Unless the other two kind I, of learn as they go. I think they're more reliable as, as humans. I think they're more reliable. I mean, you know, I mean, somebody please explain to me why Foden and Grealish continue to go out to these boxing events and these I mean, trips and like, I mean, it, I just, I'll never understand. I'll never understand that. I'll just, will never understand it. And Pep Guardiola, in my opinion, has got to get a handle on it, especially Jack Grealish when you're not having a great season. Why don't you, I mean, I, just stay home, please just stay home and just right. be understated. But Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe, very similar. Love Emil Smith-Rowe. Love the story about his mum and running downstairs when he got his England call-up. There's something boyish about those two without an edge. They're, like, they're, like, they're kind of mummy's boys. They're yeah. like how I would like my kid to grow up. Um, they're not in trouble. They're not in the headlines. And then you look at the Grealish and the Foden and the problem with our country and with football is because they have that, they're boyish, but they're kind of, they have that edge and they have that naughtiness about them. 
it attracts headlines, which then is like a self-fulfilling prophecy because then they then they become more celebrity-like. So they're kind of more celebrity footballers, I would say. Yes. I mean, obviously they're brilliantly talented. Of course, they are insanely talented. But Sakura and Mill Smith Rowe have a purity about them that yes. Foden and Grealish have, but there's too much noise around them. Yeah, I agree. And I think Mar- Martinelli's not a Halen boy, but he has that same vibe, which is why, you know, where I eat my Arteta humble pie the most is developing a new culture at the Arsenal that had to change. I do think the new player profile and DNA, that our summer signings, whether they played for Arsenal or Palace or United, I think Benjamin White would have the same demeanor. Um, Ramsdale, the same. Tomiyasu, the same. Uh, Sambi Lakonga, who was captain at Anderlecht under Vincent Company, the same. But he also has to pull it all together. And I think that's the one of the things that I love the most because we had so many players who, are, who, who just seemed apathetic for so long. And now here we are again where we've got a group of players we can absolutely fall in love with. And football is so emotional, Rebecca. Oh, my God, isn't it? Isn't it? I've been off for the last two weekends and I have FOMO from what the emotions that have been going on in football. So, (laughs) absolutely. The thing, the other thing about Arteta, and I was reading an article the other day written by, I think, James Ducker in The Telegraph about um, a, a comparison. And he wasn't comparing Arsenal to United, but I am. In that if you look at United spending over the last 10 years since Fergie left, uh, and certainly the last five years, not a single manager there, Solskjaer, Mourinho, not a single, Ragnick, has improved a single player, right? I cannot think, the only one that you could think at United that slightly improved since they arrived is Bruno Fernandes, except for this season, he's gone backwards and he's lucky to be in the team. So yeah. not a single player has gone forward, okay? Jaden Sancho is looking like he might be moving in the right direction, but he has plenty of time to go. When you look at what Arteta has done at Arsenal with those players, they are all on upward trajectories. They are all getting better. It's not all going to be like that. You're going to have times where, like, Enel Smith-Rowe is on the bench for a little bit and, you know, Saka's maybe slightly off the boil, but but not for very long and not for... not for, And it's not kind of big headlines about it. He, he just seems to kind of be coaching them, improving them, and moving them forward as a group without yes. pressure. And, it, you know, I want to see Enel Smith-Rowe play every game, and he doesn't. And I, I often be like, oh, he's on the bench again, especially there was a period of time in the season where he was on the bench a lot. And I didn't get it because he was like leading goal scorer and assist maker. But I kind of am starting to trust in the process. And I feel like <laughs> Arteta knows what he is doing. Um, and good on Arsenal, by the way, for somebody up there. And they've not had a lot of good people, as many of these clubs have not always had made the best decisions at that top level. Somebody saw what Arteta could do or believed in and felt that he could do it. And I'm and whether that was Edu, I don't know. But that's yeah. impressive. That is impressive. Yeah. I agree. And when you look at certain ownership around the league right now, I think a lot of Arsenal fans might be eating their own humble pie when it comes to the Cronkies and how they've handled uh, that situation. So we've got 15 minutes left with Rebecca. I'm handing it over to you to ask questions. And of course, the number one question from everyone, I'll just encapsulate it. Are the Arsenal going to finish in that top four position? Yeah. Yes, they are. I I have... Uh, I do the show The Lowdown every week. I haven't done it for a couple of weeks, but um, and they ask me this like all the time. And I think the last time they asked me top four, the last two times, I've said both times Arsenal. I just, I feel like the momentum is so strong. I mean, United are annoying. They're like that. They're like a friggin' mosquito that you can't find. <laughs> and they, you know what I mean? And they just keep like around your ear. And because they win again, even though they're rubbish. So I, I, 
Chelsea are obviously a very interesting situation with this because they have to keep their eye on the ball because otherwise third's up for grabs as well. But if you're just talking Arsenal, yes, they're going to finish We have to ball. play them. We have the to way, play them as well. Yeah, you do. Uh, they, have, they have some tough games. And by the way, if you finish top four, Mikel Arteta, that's manager of the year for me unless Klopp wins the league. Okay, so that was the next question, um, is yeah. if he does do that, considering, yeah. look, we, we're in an improbable situation. No one thought we would be here. Now we're here. You don't want to kind of then throw darts at the club and if we don't finish fourth, uh, it's a failure. But no. we're here. You know, we've got three games in hand. Um, it would it would be a shame if we didn't close close the deal, but... But I don't yeah. think the pressure's on. I still don't think the pressure's on you. So I still it's on don't Man United, isn't it? It's on Man United. It's always going to be on Man United. The pressure is on United. If Arsenal do it, he's manager of the year unless Klopp wins the league. Even kind of even if Klopp does win the league, I think from where you've come from and where he's come from, not just this season, but over the course of the last two years, he will have done a phenomenal job manager of the year for me. Right. Okay. Very. And if very you finish cool. fifth, you finish fifth. I mean, it's fine. It's not a problem. The it's not. Are... We have to get back into Europe somehow because Europa League is still a vehicle to get back into the Champions yeah. League. And if we want to sign yeah. certain players, we're going to have to be able to do that and 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 balance what we've done in the summer. Um, it's it's really really important. Uh, this is Sophie, uh, one of our young listeners who is who finds you inspiring and i had to read this out rebecca you have an amazing personality and you're very insightful it's such a, such a joy listening to you because you sent us that with that video on international women's day and we have a lot of young uh, women who listen to the show sophie's one of our i think sophie's 18 and you know she has she started her own youtube channel um and so i had to put that special message up from Hi, so two soaps i love it yeah love the it. two soaps they call her little Soph and me so oh. <laughs> <laughs> um and thank you tim new subscriber um what a good arsenal focus channel we appreciate that very very much rebecca Arsenal have been on the end of it this season. Manchester, um, uh, Man Manchester City, Everton game. This is something that you. I know it drives you nuts, and I love how sometimes. I know you kind of just want to, but it's been tricky, has it not this season? And I don't know where we go with her. I don't know where we go with it. So Sam Matterface on the radio the other day, I heard talking about we should start recruiting the best referees from abroad. A bit like how we bring the best players to our clubs. We should import the best referees from the big leagues and have them um, referee our Premier League games, I, which would be a great shame for me because then, of course, you're stopping any kind of um, channel for young referees to come up. But it's um, it's a massive problem. And I and it and it drives me nuts because VAR is just used so wrongly, and and it's not nothing about it is clear. Nothing about it is um, easy for fans to understand. It, so much of it has to change, and mm. the PGMOL are so stuck in their ways. You know, Mike Riley calling up Frank Lampard three days after. I can tell you that my husband was manager of uh, was, he, was he managing at the time? I think it was Chris. Luton. Yeah. So he was managing Luton. They're okay. in the final of the playoffs, right? And they scored first, and then they went on to lose 2-1, and the winning goal was about six yards offside. We were on holiday the next week, and I was trying to console him. Mike Riley phoned him three days after. No. I, yeah, I'm really, you know, really, really sorry. That's 2012, right? We are now in 2022. Mike Riley is still phoning managers 
to apologize for poor calls. Let's 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 improve, shall we? Everybody, including yourself. It's not good enough, Sophie. It's not good enough. And then VAR, obviously, we don't want to get into that because it'll take forever. Um, but my, my biggest problem with VAR is it's just another human being. And people get into because it's called VAR, we all think it's a computer. It's not, it's just another human being. So the handball incident at Everton was insane. And and you're like, oh, it's just all it is is the referee on the field didn't didn't did had an opinion and then another referee sitting in somewhere else had an opinion it's not like it's the computers it doesn't work there's no point in having another opinion you should only have var if it's a computer system telling you yes or no offside yes or no it's crossed the line yes or no what until we have a computer system which tells us everything black and white there is no point in having just another referee there's no point rebecca don't you also <laughs> <laughs> I know. Don't you also think that, you know, players are red carded, yellow carded for misconduct, you know, don't you think it's time that we had a, a league table, whatever it is, a league table where referees are banned for a couple games, bad decisions, because, okay, so that cost Paul's team a potential promotion. The, 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 the Everton um, decision could cost them relegation Newcastle against Chelsea and it's not only that there was other like the Lukaku offside was that really offside I mean there's so many Arsenal the elbow Mane against Tierney in 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 Liverpool isn't isn't it time that they they started some type of some type of disciplinary disciplinary I mean I think there has been I don't know what's happened to that don't you remember that some I feel like I remember weekends where you wouldn't have a certain referee because he was down in the championship which i think is really bad because it's like oh he's not good enough for the premier league because he made a mistake let's send him to the championship and the championship like oh thanks a bunch now we have this rubbish referee so yeah there needs to be a discipline system that isn't just a relegation to the championship for a weekend that needs to actually like take take them off for a weekend but it comes down to better training we shouldn't have to have a discipline table we, we shouldn't have to have that they need to be better trained there need to be more money put in at grassroots level all the way up to the PGMOL and, and Premier League level to train them better. And that That is, for me, the, the only thing. And I also, 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 so sorry, we no, until we can change VAR, we have to have a former pro in with the VAR guy. I mean, to be honest, so we don't even need VAR. No, we do, because he knows the laws of the game. But next to him, we should have a former pro, like a Danny Murphy or a Matt Holland or any of these people, Kevin Campbell, sitting next to him so that he can... If VAR knows what the laws of the game are, that referee knows the laws of the game. So that's great. You know the laws of the game. The guy next to you has played the game. That's different. So this is the law, but you can turn to Kevin Campbell and you can say, that's the law, but can it? Can, what do you think? And he, he can say, it's handball. Okay, fine, it's handball. And he has the jurisdiction. We need an ex-player alongside VAR now. Yeah, as long as it's not like Arsenal or Everton playing, and he's he's just he's in the booth for a Crystal Palace, you know, Burnley game, or because I feel like, you know, like Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, if it's Liverpool, Man United, which way would those kinds of decisions no, you'd have go? go you have to go neutral. It's never there's millions of them out there. There's millions of yeah. out of work ex pros. You could get an ex Tottenham player who can do the Burnley Southampton game. He's not going to be biased. Oh, and at the end of the day, too, you just went too far talking about ex Tottenham players. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we have to trust people. I mean, you know, we want the best outcome, and they're not going to. I can't believe anybody in their right mind and let, you know is going to 
And you wouldn't put Ian Wright on an Arsenal game anyway. You just wouldn't do that. So you, yeah. there's enough ex-players out there who would be able to do that. Yeah, agree. Do you think referees should face the media after games? Or do you think that's opening up Pandora's box? I don't. I don't think they should. As much as I would love them to, I would. I don't because I think that they're gonna. It, it can get. We can head towards a, a sort of a bullying situation here because when you talk, when you interview a player or a manager, as I've interviewed many times, here's the main man in the house. Kev, Kev, I've got a new job for you. I've got. I just got a new job for you. I just said that Kevin Campbell should be in the VAR booth with old useless Mr. VAR, so you can teach the guy how the hell to be a VAR. So that's your next job, okay? Stockley Park, Kevin Campbell on the way. But that's the problem, Rebecca. What's the problem? Squaddies, everybody. That's the problem because I've been breaking their neck in there. Well, if you. If you've got to break a few necks, break a few necks, at least get the decision right. Rebecca, this is what I will say. I spoke to Keith Hackett on a podcast with Geordie Pete two weeks ago. And he was the first guy to have the accountability where it was like in a league, referees got demoted and all that kind of thing. Because yeah. he, he spoke to managers. He said, what do you do with players if they don't perform? So he spoke to all the managers, Alex Ferguson, Wenger, everybody, said they get dropped. So that's what he started working on. He worked on dropping the yeah. referees and he got a really good standard of referee. He said now, he said there's probably three referees who are fit to do the job. Only yeah. three. And, and Kev, so I was just saying that before you came on. So that was the days when they, if they were crap and they made a terrible decision, they went to the championship, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think they should do that because I, if I'm, a, like I was saying to the guys, if I'm a championship team, I'm like, I don't want you, you're rubbish. I would just give them the weekend off, but but make it public. So not like you get a lovely weekend off, you can go and do a mini break in Amsterdam. No, this weekend, the PGMOL <laughs> does like an announcement that says these are the referees and this this referee is this weekend is suspended. That's how you do it. So he's like embarrassed to be off. He's not happy to be off. So that's partly, I think, you're absolutely right. We do need a discipline in some way, but I just don't think they should be sent down to the championship. I think it's kind of mean on the championship. Yeah, but Rebecca, think about it. When six or seven of them mess up, what happens then? Because you. it's happening every week, isn't it? I know, mate. I know. I know. I absolutely know. When Sophie was asking me about whether or not they should do interviews. I don't think they should do interviews because when you interview a player or a manager after a game, right, it's it, it you're, you're interviewing them on behalf of a bunch of people. When you're interviewing a, a referee, he's only talking on really on behalf of himself. And I think it can get a very, very accusatory. And I, I don't love the way that that would go. Um, and I think they were, it could lead to all sorts of not, not very nice takes on the referee himself. Um, so I wouldn't do that. But trying to vocalize what the, the conversations that they have on their silly microphones so that you know how if you if you're the commentator or the co-commentator for the world feed, and I'm sure it's the same for all of the uh, um, Sky and BT people, you can hear what they're what VAR is saying to the to the referee. Well, we need to hear that. We need that, to hear that. We do. That that's what, that's what thirty three fivers is saying. They should announce the same as the NFL. Let's let's hear what's happening. Um, mic up the refs because players are going to swear. No, 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 no. If if players are told like we all swear right until mum comes in the room, then we don't swear anymore. So they're not going to swear if you're telling them don't swear. And if they do, they get yellow card. That will finish very quickly. Not that that's fine. But they've got to be held accountable by telling us what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's otherwise it's ridiculous. Oh, I, I agree. I hope the show was. I'm sure the show has been good. It's been so, great. 
Sorry I haven't been available, but I've rushed back to try and catch the last little bit. Kev had my back, Rebecca. Did you notice in the video he said, I'm sorry my time wouldn't allow for it, but he had my back because I'm the one that screwed up the time. But he did get here at the very end. We've got Rebecca for what? Two more minutes, Kev. So I'm just going to... Let's do five. So if i got yes. five, I'll just drive really quick. All right, Go I'm going to just hand it over to Kev. So Kev, she loves Patrick Vieira in answer to your questions. She thinks Mikel's doing a great job, needs to maybe adapt his attitude a little bit in press conferences and uh, and give a little bit more the way Pep and Tuchel do. Uh, love Saka. He's from Ealing, so is Rebecca. Oh, Thinks yeah. Rambo should be given a chance to be England goalkeeper, but agrees with you that Gareth will stick to his tried and tested. And I did confess that I thought Patrick Vieira would be sacked by November. Over okay. to you, Super Kev. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rebecca, what's, what's your thoughts on some of those young Palace players that Vieira has given a chance to? And oh. they are performing. Oh. Elise being one of them. I've Can we talk about Elise? Kev, Elise, I would, and I know this a little bit much, right? So, but I'm going to go with it. I don't think we've had a, a better player than Elise since the moment Zaha stepped on the pitch, age whatever he was, 16. He is, he is bums off your seats. Get out the way. I want to see what's happening. It's Michael Elise. I mean, he is. I, I couldn't love him more. He makes me so excited and so happy. I, I just don't know how long we're going to have him for. Um, he's certainly not going to be another Zaha where we have him for pretty much his whole career. But I love that Patrick seems to do it all quite gently. So at least they, it took, a, you know, he had the injury, but it took a long time for him to kind of make his way into the team. Patrick seems to know how to nurture these players. And you can just tell that from the person he is. He's such a little nurturing little teddy bear. I just love him, and he and I feel like I'd want to play with him. He's like kind of my my dad, so I love that he's doing that. Tyrick Johnson's got to be um, sorry, John. Tyrick Mitchell's got to be in the England squad. I mean, he's got to be in the England squad. Um, interesting dynamic, I think. If you watch Zaha with Elise on the other side, I feel like Zaha is having to raise his game. He always has to be the number one at Palace. He is Palace through and through, and in has come Elise, and I think it it, it it's annoyed him. I think it's annoyed him. I mean, he's always annoyed, Zaha. That's just like his, like, that's what, that's his <laughs> resting, he's like, he's resting bitch face the whole time. But he's a bit more annoyed, but happy annoyed in a weird way. So happy annoyed to raise his game. So love that what, what Elise's done. Love Eze to come back in. God knows where the hell he's going to fit into this team. But I really feel like Eze, I love him too. And he's got so much to offer, but the injury's been so bad. And again, Patrick is working it back in slowly. So Gallagher. I mean, maybe we could get him now, by the way. I mean, maybe. <laughs> Are you maybe. cheeky? <laughs> nice. um, no. Rebecca, I think there'll be challenge. You'll be challenged for him now. I know. I know. I know. He's but so it's a good. Joy. He He's is so, so good. good. It's a, yeah. Palace are a joy. And I have not said that in many a year. We are a joy. And can I just say one more time? Palace are in the Premier League. Like, I know it's been nine years, right? But I've, this is the first time in my life that we're in the Premier League for nine years. I mean, we used to be the, 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 the upper, you know, we're, we're, we're just established. We're just mid-table mediocrity, and I am here for it. And you know what? Fair, fair play to Steve Parrish, Mark Bright, and, and everyone upstairs. Oh. oh, I love Mark. Fair play to them. It, Roy Hodgson was a safe pair of hands. Very safe pair of hands. You lost a lot of players in the summer. A yeah. lot of players. 
and Vieira came in, obviously. It was, you, you weren't sure because his record yeah. wasn't that great. But Absolutely. boy, has he, has he taken to Palace really well. Ah. And you have to say that, and, and Steve Parrish saw that in him. He saw something in Vieira that not a lot of other people did and predicted um, that, that, that it would work. And just to mention Steve Parrish for a second, obvious reasons the last few weeks has brought ownership very much into the spotlight. But I, even before this happened, I regularly email Steve Parrish to thank him for being him. Because my club, we all know how it feels. I mean, can you gen genuinely for a second? I know you don't care, but genuinely, imagine being like a Chelsea fan. Like, it's horrible, right? It must be horrible how your club is under threat. My, our clubs to us are, are everything. To have it in the hands of somebody like Steve Parrish means so much to me. It helps me sleep at night. He is a good human with, with does great things for the community, for our club, for the people, for the for the players that aren't going to make it, and what he's done with that all around. I am so grateful that he's in charge of our club. But Rebecca, don't forget the Chelsea fans have had it have had it great for twenty years. Oh, I don't I don't care two hoots about about Chelsea fans like, oh no, it might be really tough tough next twenty years. I don't care. Good luck. I don't, I don't care about that because you're right. They took all that, so now they have to deal with that, right? That's, That's fine. Right. I just mean in terms of going out of business. Palace have had an administration a number of times. When you think your club there's a chance that they run out of money and go out of business is terrifying. I, I just mean that thing from a from a from good Chelsea fans who love their club from before they were successful, I like yeah. from yeah. way before. That's tough to, to be faced with possibility that this. I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but possibility that it could happen. That's tough. But I have no sympathy. This is football, and when you accept that money and when you accept that ownership, you know there's going to be a price to pay at some point. We all knew that. The same with City and the same with Newcastle. It's going to happen, guys. That will happen at some point. Newcastle City fans, you can't sit comfortably. I'm sorry, you can't. It's going to happen at some point. So, no, I don't have a lot of sympathy. I love it. Okay, so, Be Rebecca, I'll I, I call you Rebecca. Bex. Uh, Bex, I know you got to go, but we got to get you out in a nutshell. Quick fire these. Who's going to win the league? Who's getting relegated? And your prediction for Crystal Palace v Arsenal, because that was Kev's other question. Liverpool are going to win the league. Don't Norwich. say that to Kev. You're saying that in front of Super Kev. Ah, Ex-Toffee. <laughs> Who's going down, Rebecca? I know. I'm sorry. It's a nightmare for you, Kev. But they are. Uh, Norwich, oh, no. um, obviously. Um, I just don't think Roy can do it. Roy, I think Roy might go. And I, it's a very, very, very difficult third. I'm going to go Burnley, but I don't actually think that's true. But I don't think there's anybody else I think will go. I I'm going to go Burnley, but I, I don't think they will go down. But I don't have any other options. So I'm going to go Burnley. Um, Palace, Arsenal. Scoring, scoring draw, 2-2. Two, two. two sets of young players who play great football. And I want to come back on the podcast. So 2-2. Two, two. Okay. Two. All right, then. At the end of the season, we'll bring you back. And then we'll see how that how that rolls. By the way, um, Chelsea are looking for a coach, I think, to get to their game. Have you heard <laughs> about they they can't afford the flight? Terrible. It's... No, it's terrible. But Kai Havertz said he would drive it. Apparently, he he's said like, he mind, he's, he put for... down the money to like make it happen. Yeah, but that's that's yeah, what they're. But can reporting. I just say, Tuchel, Tuchel. I'm loving Tuchel. I think he's been he's a handling legend it really for, well. For, yeah. Definitely. And we shouldn't laugh because there, but for the grace of God, go all of us. Um, but, you know, it is a lesson to look in the mirror and try to do things right. Right? 
Rebecca Lowe, we cannot wait to get you back on our screens. It's been too long. We've been missing Saturday. you. Everyone in chat has been saying, where's Rebecca? Oh. It's like they need their Rebecca oh. fix. Um, oh. And there's some new listeners who haven't heard you speak before as well and are absolutely loving it. Kev. Rebecca, give my regards. And listen, regards to you, regards to your husband and everybody in the family. My, my, my two mates, the Robbies, please. <laughs> Definitely. And hopefully we can see you all again very soon. And you please come back for the end of the season. Always, always, yeah. Kev. All right. Much love, everybody. And thank we you love for you, Rebecca. Watching. Take care. Right, bye, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks, bye. Rebecca. Thanks. She's the best. Love her. She's quality. She's a class act. Sophie, I'm so, listen, I'm so pleased I caught the end. Me too. I'm so sorry I buggered up the show times. Oh, but look at you. Absolutely brilliant um, making it, Kev. Are you, having a, are you having a good day? Busy. It's been a busy day. A lot of traveling. Um, a lot of uh, stuff to do. Interviews and recording. But I made it so. I, I know. I make it, as you know, but... Luckily, I got just back. love it just in time for us to make our predictions for Liverpool tomorrow, Kev. Um, I Kev's working, so call you called a draw. Any do you want to add a score to that? Or, yeah, a, a one one. I think it's going to be one one, Sophie. This is the real time. I would love to be proven wrong and Arsenal win, I tell you. I would love it. Absolutely love it. But I'm going 1-1. I think you you mentioned it when you messaged me earlier on. Liverpool will get a shot in the arm after that Palace game. That's for sure. Yeah. But we are we have got momentum on our side. Obviously they've been they've been beating everybody in sight, haven't they? Uh, apart from obviously Champions League, but they were two and a lot from the first leg, so you, you know they're there. We have got momentum, and you know what, Sophie? We said this a few times earlier on in the season. This is where we're going to see where Arsenal are. We always like to have that gauge. Best team in the league right now. Let's see the gauge. Let's see where where we are. Yeah, and of course uh, Salah has passed the fitness test. Yeah, okay. of course he was always going to play. <laughs> Come on, everyone. <laughs> we may have been born yesterday, but we weren't born last night, if that's how that goes. Uh, three ones, two ones. There's a lot of, you know, bravado from the Arsenal fans on this one. You know what I've been reading a lot, Kev, is that they're not, the Guna Nation is not dreading this game. You know? Right, right, so. Rightly so. Sophie, we have nothing to fear. We've played them, what is it, three times already this season. We've played Man City twice. We've played we've played everybody at least once. So what we've got nothing to fear. Do you know what, Sophie? I just hope the boys go out there with that everything to gain mentality. Yeah. Because we win this game, the likes of Liverpool then start thinking about hold on a minute, this Arsenal is they're improving, they're getting serious. Do you know what I mean? It puts a little bit of doubt in their head. If, if they win, it's like, yeah, we knew we could beat them. But if we win or, or you know, give them a game draw or or beat them, they're like, mm, we're going to have to keep an eye on that Arsenal because they're dangerous. This is a landmark moment for us in this season, you know, for us to really, 
you know, to not lose even is a is a good is a good result and and a moment where we've really put it out there with them this season. You know, with the last couple of games, we haven't been humiliated. We stood tall with ten men. Granted, they didn't have Salah and Mane, Kev, but um, you know, let's see. You know, my heart says a draw. My head says a draw, but my heart my heart says two one that we, we can win two one. Of course, Sophie. Of course, we want to win. Could you imagine what we feel like if we win tomorrow? Oh, Forget God. about it. It will just be unbelievable. But... You won't be able to stand me on Thursday's show. <laughs> but Sophie, here's the thing: we all we want is our boys to perform. We want them to perform. We want them to win. Can they lose? Of course they can. We're playing the best team in the league at the moment, Liverpool. But Sophie, we've got everything to gain. Go for it. Let's go for it. Let's yeah. punch him in the mouth, Sophie. Where are yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, look, everyone's saying that you look like you're about to, you know, go partner Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. You've got that. Yeah. Secret mission. <laughs> brilliant stuff now tomorrow you're working you might be you might be on the post game but probably not so we'll discuss liverpool on the thursday show um if you don't make tomorrow night i if will be I don't make it back to if i don't make it back on time i will let you know Perfect. but i will try to make it that's for sure absolutely brilliant so um great stuff everybody brilliant from rebecca uh, we're going to be back after the Liverpool game tomorrow night. Let's hope we're waxing lyrical. And if not, remember, if we lose to Liverpool, we're not going to go Greek. We're not going to go crazy. And we're not. the sky won't be falling. It's just part of the process. Who am I? What have I become? I don't know anymore. <laughs> uh, Sophie, <laughs> what, you tr what you're doing, do you know what's happened to you? Just like anybody, you're seeing it for yourself. So the eye test is telling you, I like what I'm seeing. That's all. Yeah. Also, Kev, tomorrow or Thursday, we want to talk about this PSG sniffing around Mikel. Hey, uh, look, we, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, Sophie, where should we give him a new contract? No, let's wait until the end of the season. Other, mm -hmm. other teams ain't going to wait. Other teams are going to make their... Make their thoughts known leak it out there and see what 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 the temperature is i did say to rebecca because she she loves patrick vieira and i said well if mikel goes you know who we're coming after next oh, <laughs> Bless no. her. what did she say <laughs> she did not like it <laughs> I bet she all right super kev take us out well squaddies look i did make it in the end and you know what? I'm sure hostess with the most is Sophie and Rebecca gave you a show and a half. But one thing I will say, that Rebecca is infectious. She's got such a bubbly nature, Sophie. She's great, isn't she? Yeah, so, I love her. Sophie, well done for getting her on yet again. And I'm just going to say, squaddies, tell everybody you love them. It means a lot. And let's get ready to rumble tomorrow with them red nose scouts. Come on, you gunners. And at ease, everyone. Mind the gap between the train and the platform.
please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad.